Hello and welcome back to the Fellowcast. This is episode number 19. And yes, we have had a bit of a break. I think we've missed three weeks. Sorry about that. Life gets busy. But uh, we're back on track again. And today we have a very special guest back in the Fellowcast studio in inverted commas. Uh, our guest today is Garth van Niekerk. If you can remember, all right, uh, he was the very first guest we had on the fellow cast when we started this out. And uh, we are happy to have him back today, or I am happy to have him back today, just to talk to him about worship and, and more specifically about worship development within the fellowship and just how he sees and experiences what God has been doing uh, in, in terms of the worship at the fellowship. So take a moment to take a breath and, and get ready, get yourself amped up and excited because this is going to be a good one uh, looking forward to to chat to garth about what's on his heart for this season that we are in so just relax and enjoy So like I said in the introduction, this is episode number 19 and we have a very special guest back again, Garth, welcome. Thank you very much, Valdo. It's lovely. I remember our conversation at that first episode. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, I was the first guy ever to be interviewed on this station oh and it was a great privilege <laughs> and much have happened since. Yeah, that's what makes it exciting uh, that uh, we've, we've been able to have you back on again. And last time we, we spoke a lot about your personal journey in worship and, and how you've developed and, and just your testimony and your heart for worship. And, and today I want to focus more on, on worship development and, and kind of what's been happening in the worship in general within the, the fellowship. And, and so last time you did share a lot of things with us. Yes. Um, tell us about some of the things that you've been excited about since then. Yeah, it's been about a year um, since the worship department was handed over to me by Reno. And Reno left an incredible foundation of depth and in, in worship. Um, I've grown so much in my relationship through spending time with him on team, but also just receiving ministry from him in the church. And then there was a conversation that sparked off a whole bunch of stuff that happened in our church in terms of worship. And it was with Jonathan Middleton, who came out with a ministry team um, last year with Stuart Lees to come and minister at our church. And just in the break time, we had a conversation about um, evaluations, um, getting people onto a team. Yeah. And just Jonathan's heart, um, you might know Jonathan is starting up an engineering school now, yes. sound engineering school here at our church. And he's got such a depth of love for seeing people worship. And he, um, out of that conversation, he sparked something about inviting people into worship mm. in different ways. And since then, God just um, birthed a wonderful vision in our church um, that allowed a choir to come up off the ground um, with Marshall. And God just brought the right people at the right time. Mm. Liesl Bestbeard, who started up the dancing ministry. It's yeah. always been in her heart. And something opened up in the spirit that just allowed all of these things to start flourishing. Yeah. And it's been beautiful. Um, Lynn and Carla Buerta, who started off the painting ministry. Um, and we're seeing it now with a sermon every week as well. Yeah. Um, how that gifts beautiful are waking art, yeah. something up. 
So there's been a lot happening, and um, I must say, I, I don't credit it, credit it to one person, but that one conversation, God really used it to spark something, mm. ignite something in the church. Yeah, that's quite incredible, and and I'm gonna we're gonna pick out some of those things that you've mm. mentioned as we go on, as we go along. But something you really didn't mention, and that I I want to talk about with you is some of the songs that that you you guys have been writing. So yes. part of this whole collective worship team, in terms of all the different styles, and you've also started writing songs. I think there's about four songs out now. Yes. Um, do you have plans for any more songs? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm meeting actually once a week with a few guys. Um, we call it Lead to Write. The okay. Lead to Write group. Lead um, like in lead in your pencil. Or <laughs> <laughs> there is a bit of a wordplay <laughs> in there, but being led by the spirit to write things. Yeah. And, um, it's been interesting uh, in our prayer meetings every now and again somebody uh, Monique actually the other day in staff meeting just prayed for uh, stories yeah. um, to be ignited by the Spirit of God and that's been happening um, with sure. myself with Devin who with Simeon not just songwriting but creative stories yeah. are being written in our church um, there's actually there's just such a beautiful illustration in one of those songs I don't know who listened to the station on um, uh, here we stand it's a song that was initiated by Devin and the two of us wrote it together. We recorded it and put it out. And um, then I spoke to Carla and I said, just listen to the song and see if you s maybe see a picture. Mm. And she said, yes, she wants to use this in the painting ministry. Sure. Um, they must listen to the song and they must get a picture in their minds of how does the church look if it's pictured like a forest mm. um, growing up to cover our city like a canopy yeah. of grace and creating an area for growth in the city yeah. because of a yeah because of agriculture yeah. <laughs> and they busy painting that and we're seeing it in the sermon as an imagery that rob is using yeah. at the moment as well yeah it sparked another song in simeon the dance ministry is saying yo they would like to dance to this song sure. and um uh, Liesl is actually writing a christmas production and the imagery she's using is the christmas tree that is decorated from things of this world sure. it doesn't bear any fruit compared to the vine that bears fruit the sure. vine of christ so just out of one song yeah. one guy hearing something and saying yo I, I think we need to write something like that we see the body of christ working it mm. sparks something in other people yeah. so it, it's a lovely demonstration and we know it's not just in the arts it's in everything of life yeah. one person's gift is used by the spirit to ignite another person's gift yeah um, think about the Old Testament when Elijah calls a musician and say, I'm asked by the king to prophesy, so bring the musician to play. And then when the musician played, yeah, the spirit of prophecy was Came awakened upon, in yeah. him. So it's been wonderful to see. Yeah, it, it is incredible. I, just as you speak, I, I'm reminded of when I, a while back, I actually searched for where the Holy Spirit came upon people in Scripture. And I think the very first time in, in Scripture is a guy called Bezaliel. Um, yes. For creative um, arts to mm. I think was it with building the the tabernacle or the yes. something like that um, yeah but he but the Holy Spirit came upon him or filled him for this work and just when you speak and you listen to how it sparks in ma many people this inspiration it must be the Holy Spirit because it's it's him that allows us to write something that will just flow into something else flow into something else and then this almost like that canopy like you say yes. is forming within the arts so yes. it is beautiful Th that illustration is just so apt and um if you think 
he didn't build the tabernacle himself. No. He, he couldn't have touched everything that yeah. happened. It was a very big structure, but God filled one guy with a spirit that awakened it. Mm. It sort of created a canopy for other people to come in and use their giftings yeah. under his guidance. Yeah. It's, it's really how the spirit works in us and through us to awaken other people. Yeah, brings that unity within it. Mm. What about the the process of the uh, writing songs? Um, can you maybe? I know that's a topic all by yeah. itself, and I always touch on it. But but if you will, if you don't mind, take some time just to explain how you guys get together and write. What's the process? Are there any steps involved? How do you yes. go about it? Yeah, the the steps sort of vary from song to song. Um, some songs, uh, I remember once calling in Rob and saying, "Yo, I, I've got this tune on the piano." And I'm sure there's something here, but I don't have any words. So I just say to him, please just come and sit over here and let me play and take a piece of paper and a pencil and just write down. What do you hear when I play this song? Um, and out of that came the writing of a song. He, he wrote a bunch of lyrics and I took that again from him and started crafting around that a song that just fit with it. Uh, it happened with me and Reno a few times as well. We sang the song in the church um, about two years ago holy holy um it came the same way i got a tune i played it to reno and he says yo this is what i see when you play that song mm. and there the song started developing yeah. um, the song that i spoke about now here we stand um, that i wrote with devon devon came and said he's got this picture in his mind um, about uh, the church standing and every person in the church being a tree mm. And then they push down their roots deeper to take hold of the values that we have in the kingdom of God. And from that, we spring up to life. Mm. And there's the river running under. So then we went to scripture and said, yo, there's a lot of scripture that speaks about that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and we crafted it around that. Okay. And uh, so where it starts sort of uh, is different. Yeah. Some people have a picture. Somebody think, um, like a couple of the songs, we actually said, listen, we want to write songs about the values of the church. Yes. So we're actually sitting at the moment in our last late to write meeting, the three of us sat and said, um, we want to write a song about fellowship. Okay. What are the concepts that come to mind when we speak about fellowship? And we said, well, family is one of those. Um, so let's play around with that. What imagery in scripture do we have? Yeah. Um, Devin is saying he, he would like to write a song at the moment about um, uh, adoption. Uh, by finding my identity in Jesus Christ and this whole picture of adoption, which means we start off with scripture mm. and then play it out and say, how do we say this together? Yes. So there's also different kind of songs. Some songs are ministry songs or um, some songs are just plain fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a nice song. Yeah. So, um, but when you start writing for a congregation, there's a lot of questions that you ask. You say, how, how does it sound when a lot of people, can I see 300 people standing up and all out of the same heart mm. saying this? Mm. Um, which not many songs can actually do because people are in different phases of life. Yeah. Let's think about a song that speaks about the difficulty of finances. Mm. Not all of us at the same time can sing that. Yeah, no. But let's sing a song about God is the provider. All of us we can, can declare that together. Yeah. So how you word it sure. is also a big part of it to say, can 300 people or more stand up and sing this out of their yeah. hearts to God? Another thing that we um, often throw in is when we write specifically worship songs is, is the song actually about me or is the song speaking about who God is? Now, 
the me song is not always wrong because there are some declarations that we have to make. Mm. Again, here we stand. It speaks about who we are and who God made us to be in mm. the city, his vision. Um, so it's just what we're aiming at at the end of the day. But then we have to keep a balance. We can't just sing about us and who we are. Mm. We have to keep in mind that worship is ultimately about who God yes. is. We have to declare who he is. Yeah. yeah. And, and you've mentioned in there, you know, things like scripture and yes. how inspiration may be different. It may be a picture, it may be a, a dream, it may mm. be just something that's been on your heart. Are there any non-negotiables when it comes to we putting out a song? And, and like you said, we want obviously the, as many people as possible to worship with us. Yes. What is, if you had to pick out one non-negotiable? Well, scripture is absolutely one of them. Okay. It is. So um, you would have heard those songs um i'd come to staff meeting mm. uh, or at an elders meeting or i just pass it by rob and say listen just listen to this song yeah um, before we put it out there because we just want to make sure listen is there anything about this that doesn't sound right yeah um it has to be biblical yes but a big part of the process is then a lot of humility mm. Because um, I can tell you, anybody who's ever made something creative, yeah. you sort of find something of yourself in it. You put yourself out yeah, there. Yeah, it's personal. It is, which means if I come to you, Valdo, and I say, listen to this song, or look at this painting, mm. or would you look at us dancing and consider what does this say? If you tell me anything, I need to be humble enough to say, well, I asked you for input. Mm. If it bothers you, or if something does not sit right, or if you come with a suggestion, I need to listen. Yeah. I cannot just assume just because I wrote it and because it feels so right when I sing it that it is right. Yeah. I need to be teachable in it. Sure. Um, uh, which is why I particularly like writing together with other people. Mm. Uh, it forces me to take input wider than just my own thinking. Yeah. And it forces checks and balances into the process as well. Sure. Mm. Yeah, that's, a, that's a beautiful picture how even within the worship community there's there's accountability within that already it's not like you have to go outside to find accountability because you're just doing your own thing yeah. you're already setting yourself up with people around you that have different opinions or different viewpoints yes. and it's like sitting in a theology class you you can discuss one topic but so many different viewpoints and yes. it's the same there needs to be a humility to be sharpened and to be able to say well maybe i don't have it all together or understand and if i want to lead a whole congregation it's good that i have different viewpoints around me so that i i can better know how to lead those people yes to what we are trying to uh, convey i suppose yeah and not all the opinions that come up are always just black and white like yeah. say for us, uh, we went to a conference um the, our staff last week the immerse conference and there was a conversation around um the, the certain songs that were sing mm. uh, we, we had a worship panel and one of the guys brought up that song, Reckless Love, mm. and then asked the question, um, is, is it all right to say if God is reckless? Mm. Now, a couple of guys there said, no, we're happy to sing that song. You know, they understand what it means, yeah. and in that context, it's fine to say it. Other people said, nah, nah, I cannot say that. So with anything in a song, there is sometimes those things that you say, oh, it niggles me, mm. that particular word or yeah. phrase. But we have to be... Yeah, bendable on it as yeah, well you that's know that's true yeah <laughs> that's true okay so so like i said obviously songwriting is a very vast field and and it, i think it's a sp specialized thing i don't think that everyone is cut out to write songs um, 
probably not. <laughs> but anybody can write a song. Yeah. I, I think you've got guys like San Francisco Matt Redman, who for years and years have been writing songs um, on a global. You know, he, he's writing songs for many nations. Yeah. And then you've got guys who write songs for their church. Maybe it's not even sung outside of their church. Yeah. And then some of us will just sing a song in our quiet time. Sure, yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. In fact, I'm sure Matt Redman must sing songs in his quiet time that nobody ever hears because yeah. he needs to worship God freely himself yeah. before he actually writes for others. So I'd say maybe in that context, all of us can write a song. Um, yeah, fair enough. When the psalmists say, sing a new song to the Lord, I don't think it always ends everyone. up. Yeah, well, yeah. for the psalmist, that never ended up on a CD <laughs> on <laughs> iTunes. Well, it ended up in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but many of them would just have yeah. been sung to God and it's forgotten. So I, I always think about songs as disposable. Okay. Um, I think they must come and go. They serve yeah. for a season. And some of them are literally now just in this minute with me and God. And then it's gone. Sure. Nobody needs to hear it. God heard it. Mm. And then some songs, maybe I must take to my cell group um, and they can hear it. And others hey maybe it's for the church mm. you know? yeah yeah i want to say i think about that you know where it uh, talks about the measure each one's been giving a given a measure yeah maybe like you say some people's measure is to write for their cell group or for their church some people's measure is like a matt redman who writes yeah. who gets uh, sung all over the world so there's definitely something something to that just mm. the last thing on that um Something that I'm always uh, interested by is the melody. How do you come on to the the melody and picking the chords and kind of yeah? How do you set that up from from words, or do you begin with that and then you add your words? Mm. Um, sure. Uh, the, I think over the years my melodies have become better. Uh, I think it is a bit of a just practice your craft mm. in it. Um, on the other hand, as well. There is a freedom that I need to force myself into every now and again. Mm. Um, it sounds weird, forcing yourself into freedom. But when I listen to the same music all the time, yeah. I tend to want to write those kind of melodies. Um, well, if I'm now suddenly going to jump over to, let's say, karaoke music or <laughs> whatever, some other genre that I've been listening to now, all of a sudden I start hearing different music yes. again. If I then get into... Um, yeah, I don't know. You'll be influenced by what you've been listening to. Or yes, 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 yeah. yes. So uh, that's that's something to keep in mind. We can obviously get stuck in a certain genre, mm. and then your melodies are going to sound the same. And years from now, you're going to listen to your songs from back there, and you're going to think, oh, yeah, I can hear they're all the same kind mm. of thing. Just think about, um, I want to pull in a pop band over here, U2, for years and years have been bringing out albums but if you listen over the years they've grown they've yeah. developed the sound has changed yes so we have to keep it in mind when we write melodies as well don't get stuck in a rut somewhere mm. um, make sure you keep fresh and sometimes for me it's literally just sitting in my quiet time in front of the piano and just tickling away mm. and at a moment I'll go wow what was that <laughs> that sounds good yeah. sure <laughs> it's something I haven't done before yeah. because the possibilities are endless yeah. what I also find is um, when I change instruments I write different kind of songs yes. um, uh, a year two years ago I started um, learning the cello and I've been writing different songs since I've done that wow. uh, every now and again I take out a recorder uh, a block flight yeah and i just whistle a, a few tunes on that and sure. different kind of sounds Something come out, comes out yeah. yeah yeah that's amazing 
So, so this year we've seen you've mentioned the choir that's that's been added to to the worship mix, and, and we've also seen more than one team leading regularly, which yes. is something pretty new to to our congregation. Mm. Uh, what has been the shift with regards to growing not just worship in the congregation, but also growing those the, that lead and growing the team? W- what has yeah. been that shift? Um, we recognize God has given us a prophetic word as a church. Mm. Uh, we keep coming back to that because we believe it to be true. We believe it to be very necessary. God said we're going to build a 3,000-seater church. Mm. Um, and with that in mind, not just this ministry, but every ministry in the church you'll know, uh, we're asked, what do we need to do in order to grow there? Mm. Um, something's got to change. Um, for the worship ministry, it was an obvious thing. It says, listen, we cannot lead with one team. Mm. Let's say there were 20 people in the team before. It's just not healthy to say we're going to go to a 3,000 congregation and still 20 people are sure. leading the worship. Um, we have to step back and to say, listen, something needs to grow here. Um, just like in every ministry with kids ministry we will have to see at the end of the day 300 volunteers Mm. in order to minister to the 800 or more kids that's going to be in a 3,000 seater congregation and then we're speaking about multiple services in that congregation then maybe we need 600 products so the same kind of numbers we just had to say how do we involve involve more people in worship Mm. and how do we grow the worship ministry just in terms of giftedness as well mm. one big step in that direction was saying we need a music school mm. that's how we started off with noteworthy music yeah. school so we cons- consistently need to train up more musicians and with that school we've been praying and saying god bring us more teachers mm. we've, we've got the piano in there we've got the drums and the guitar this year we um we made um built a relationship with adele de swart yeah and she got drawn in to start playing the um, teaching the recorder yes. and the flute and we're praying for more my, my next prayer is we need um, string instruments yeah. like violin and cello and all the of cello, those yeah. and then we'll get to the trombones <laughs> the, <tubas. laughs> the brass section <laughs> yes you know we have to keep asking lord you give giftedness yeah. i mean that's what the body of uh, the book teaches us right yeah. the bible it says god gives gifts to the body every gift um and yeah talents are part of those gifts. yeah i'm a big to see some harps and how do you say that leers liars lures yes. <laughs> what's that all word? sorts <laughs> yeah. everything we need all of it in yeah there. yes a harp's got an amazing sound yeah and then i still want to get to listen i'm not glib when i say it i really believe we need to get where david was mm. when he started putting the worship ministry together for the temple and um part of that worship ministry was making new instruments sure i mean let's get really creative and yeah. say let's develop sounds that haven't been made yet yeah um yeah there's some interesting instruments that i've seen on on youtube there i don't know if you've seen that thing that the marble machine <laughs> and <laughs> yes, those guys <laughs> made like this violin thing i don't know what they call it's it it's an electronic violin that's yes. incredible it sounds like something out of space and yeah. why not you know Absolutely. why can't we, we do that in creative. the church and in the kingdom and yeah i don't yeah. know if they're christians or not but it's awesome they're very creative yes yeah listen but um just one last aspect on mm. it we've been speaking about growing so the music school is one aspect um but then we said listen there's so many beautiful voices in our church mm. And honestly, as a congregation, don't take it badly, but I do think we don't sing loud enough. Mm, that's um, true. Because the worship ministry is not there to make worship for the church. It's to ignite worship in the church, mm. which means, listen, if we all stand there 
if we've done it really well, you shouldn't have heard the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been lost in your own worship with God. Not just that. I think the volume must lift yeah. up, man. It says, sing with all your heart. Yeah. Make a loud noise to God. Um, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Yeah, sure. So we said, listen, we need a choir. There's a lot of beautiful voices here. We wanted to bring in harmonies again mm. into our singing. Um, but the choir's big role is to get the volume in our singing to lift up, it, yeah. just so that we feel more comfortable with singing out to the mm. Lord. Um, the dance ministry has an incredibly big role. Uh, Stuart Lees, when he came and spoke here, uh, I, I gave it a lot of thoughts since, and I think it's absolutely true. He said, mm. listen, when we start moving, something loosens up in the spirit, mm. as if we start saying there's a freedom in this place. We demonstrate the freedom with our bodies. Mm. So again, the dance ministry is not there to put up a show for us to look at, no. but to awaken something, to say, listen, yes, I can move as well. Mm. I can dance and just be free in God's presence. Yeah, yeah and the same with the art. Yeah. It's all, it's all inviting people to express themselves yes. before God in, in the ways that he's created us to. Yeah. Um, j just with, with just sticking to, to the team growing and the choir, the choir mm. has really been, just as you speak about it, I even get goosebumps because every time they are singing, it does, does make it easier for me to worship. And I need to Great. say this, the closer you stand to the front of the church, yeah the easier it is to worship. There's just something too, because you can sing louder. You're not as if you're a bit self-conscious about your voice. Yes. The, the, the speaker sound makes your sound kind of dim out. So you can just go for it. So I really yeah. enjoy standing in the front. And when the choir sings, it's so much so much easier to worship as well. They they really have an anointing. Great. Um, but with a bigger team and, and different leaders and different styles and different anointings, um, what can we as a congregation learn from this? Uh, you know, I think a lot of we mm -hmm. creatures of habit. You know, yeah. some people like your voice and your style, and someone might like Marcel leading, and whoever else is leading Andrea on that day. How, yes. how, how can we learn from the different leaders, and how can we position ourselves to, to grow and develop in worship as yeah. individuals who, who are not worship leaders? Mm. Different worship leaders carry different anointings. Mm. You would have noticed... Um, when Chelsea and Brandon is leading, yes. there's something very different from when Marshall and Yaku is leading mm. and myself and Andrew. And and even in that, um, you, you'll hear we team up yes. um, in our worship leading because I think there's something about submitting to mm. one another out of reverence for Christ, even on our leading, that um, I recognize that Andrea carries a particular anointing um, she's got an incredible freedom of worship that yeah. she brings. So when I lead with her, I recognize, sure, she comes alongside of me in a way that awakens something that I don't carry as freely. Mm. Um, and you'll hear in our leading as well, there's sort of a handing over yes. every now and again to say, okay, now Andrea's going. Yeah. And now I'm going. I'm submitting and recognizing, okay, I can just come with my harmony or with a piano behind her mm. and allow her to lead where the Spirit is leading. Mm. And then she'll hand it back to me. Yeah. Um, and she comes in with a harmony and with a guitar to back up where the Spirit is leading me. Um, now, there's a different kind of something that every one of these leaders bring and the many that, that will still come in and, and start to lead worship. Um so I think as a congregation, uh, there's some practical aspects, like say, for instance, when I, Lizette and I speak, Lizette's got an alto voice. Um, I've got a high tenor voice. Um, so when, say, for instance, Andrea is leading, the keys that she sings in, I can just 
bellow it Go out. For it, so that's yeah. why the two of us work together in that key. Both of us work well. Mm. Um, while when Marshall and Chelsea, uh, both of them have low altos yes. and beautiful, rich altos. So when they're leading, they take the song um, about three, four keys down sure. from where I would sing it. Yeah. And suddenly Lizette is very happy. She's in and it. every other person, like <laughs> yeah. the baritones and the yeah. altos in our church, is thinking, yes, this Sunday I can bellow it out. Yeah. Um, we just have to recognize mm. that different people come literally with different giftings, but literally with different voices, mm. different um, makeups. And that Sunday, it will just be easier for me to sing next Sunday for you. Mm. Uh, I know the two of us actually differ in the key that yeah, we'll definitely. sing comfortably in. <laughs> so I think you love it when Marshall and yeah, Chelsea is, the lower otherwise you have to drop an octave lower just yeah. to sing with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, half of the words that you use, I don't understand, but practically I, kn I know what you mean. You know, yes. it's, it is sometimes you try to reach something, yeah. but you just don't have the capacity to do it. And, and you'll feel, listen, last Sunday I could sing yeah. that song like this. What's happening now? It feels flat. It, yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's just easier because of the key. I, I think there's, even in the practical aspect of that, there's just so much to, to learn about appreciating one another, mm. but also allowing space for one another mm. to say, listen, Thank you. I'm not singing that great this Sunday. Valdo is enjoying himself. <laughs> and my wife is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to allow each Just other Just let space. them be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I think it all boils down to at the end of the days, we come to worship God. We bring our sacrifice of praise. And it yes. really isn't as much about how I sound or how I feel about mm. it or how much I enjoy it, even though I, I do believe God wants us to enjoy it. Yeah. But often it, is, it isn't that easy. But mm. but what's the word said? If if we don't worship, the rocks will cry out. So I'm sure I sound much better than a rock crying out. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll use my voice because if rocks are crying out, then I'm not doing my job to worship God. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Listen, can I jump in something mm. over here? When we speak about the creative arts, it's upfront, it's seen, mm. um, and it can sort of sound because we we're a church where dancing haven't been that much part. Yeah. It, it, I can warn everybody; it will become a greater part of what we are. are. Um, because we need to allow space for that. But mm. sometimes we think it's um, maybe that person is trying to draw attention to themselves, mm. you know? To be seen. Uh, yes, they're picking up that flag because they want to be seen by people. Um, y you remember that, that scripture when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well in mm. John? And um, he said to her, listen, you Samaritans worship what you don't know, but... Us Jews, we worship what we know. Mm. In that word, know, there, there's just so much about worship. Later on, Jesus says in that conversation, the day is coming when people worship God in spirit and, and in truth. truth. In other words, there's a uh, there's even not just a knowing of my head, there's a, in my spirit, mm. I know God. It's a deeper knowing than that. Um, there's just so much around that topic that I, if you won't mind, just quickly want to touch please. on. Yeah. It speaks about this creative art ministry thing. When um remember when Paul is on Mount was it Mount Olympus in Athens and all those idols are on the island or on the mountain mm -hmm. and um it's the Greeks when they conquered a nation they took their gods and they brought it home with them and mm -hmm. they thought it's like Pokemon, you know, <laughs> I get these tokens and yeah. I'm making myself stronger. <laughs> and then in between all of those, Paul notices an uh, idol that he says this is this idol was made to the unknown God. Yeah. And then he uses that to say, listen, but I know this God. 
I know this God. Let me tell you about this God. Yeah. Um, just think about what that means. I, I mean, when when I, for the fa- first time, it wasn't really a date. I, I sat down with my wife. She was in my cell group at those days, and I took her out for a cup of coffee to get to know her. Mm. And there's an awkwardness in the conversation because I don't know her. Yeah. And I'm sort of trying to put my f- best foot forward. A date is even worse. Yeah. You're courting somebody because you want to be liked. So you sort of try and make yourself look, look good. Good, yeah. Um, it's pretentious. Yeah. And I don't know what that person thinks about me, and I don't know them. So the whole conversation is just a bit awkward. Mm. And as we get to know each other, there's more and more comfort. I mean, the two of us can chat so easily because we've spent a lot of time together. Mm. I know how you think. I know that you love me. Mm. I love you. I can throw out my ideas without fear of being judged. Yeah. Um, so it is between us and God as well. So the first thing in worship is to recognize, listen, I'm known by God. Mm. I don't have to try to be noticed by God. Sure. I don't have to do anything over here now to try and get his attention. Think about the Old Testament. Um, those Baal prophets allowed, uh, around Elijah and mm. Mount Carmel, what did they do? In order to try and get the attention Dogs. of their God, they started cutting themselves. Yeah. They danced wild for an entire yeah. day, went crazy, <laughs> just to try and get the attention to be noticed by yeah. their God. Um, if we ever get to that space, we have to recognize, listen, there's something very wrong mm. because the word tells me God knows my thoughts. He knows my words before I even say it. Uh, where can I go? The psalmist says, to hide from your presence. If I go down to the depths of the seas, there you are. If I go to the highest mountains, there you are. In mm. other words, your eye is on me all the time. Yeah. You notice me the whole time. I don't do have to do anything to get attention from God. Mm. So, Coming back to this whole aspect of some somebody bellowing out really loud next to you in church, if it draws your attention, just let that be. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> if the person is dancing, just let it be. Yeah. Um, they're not there to try and get my attention. They're not even doing what they're doing to try and get God's attention mm. because God's attention is fully on, on us, us yeah. all the time. Wow. Um, but the other hand is, I have to ask myself, listen, I'm known by God. I have to hammer in that truth inside of me. I'm known completely. God knows how I feel. He knows that I'm singing this song now sort of with a half a heart because I don't believe what I'm singing. Mm. Or he knows I'm feeling it so deeply this morning because of what's happening in my life. He knows all of that. But on the other hand, I have to ask myself, do I know him? Mm. Jeremy Riddle, in a talk I listened about him, um, he says, listen, if somebody wakes you up in the middle of the night, and they say, tell me about your God. What will I say? Sure. Do I know him that well that at a moment I can tell this guy who's my God? Mm. Um, and I can just keep going. Yeah, it just outflows um, from you. Yes, yes. He says he, he challenges himself actually every now and again. And he sort of puts it out as an exercise to worship mm. leaders and all of us. Say, listen, just by yourself, start speaking. And tell your spirit who is who my is God. God. How long can you go on? How much about him do you actually know? Yeah. And then the challenge is if, if I stop somewhere along the line, am I studying him? Yeah. Am I actually studying God in intimacy with him? So both ways is just a real deep challenge for us. Listen, mm. if I come into worship, am I recognizing I'm known by him? But on the other hand, I know him. I worship what I know mm. um, at this moment because that opens up a whole new freedom. Mm. If you think about you and your spouse or you and your best mate or you and your brother or your sister, 
there's just such an ease in the relationship because I know I'm known and I know you. Yeah. We can just be. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's profound. That's actually very powerful because I, I was going to lead into talking about the dance ministry, but I think you, you kind of yes. summarized it very well because yeah. I think that's one aspect of worship that many of us struggle with, even myself personally. I don't mm -hmm. dance in church. Mm -hmm. I, I, I won't say too loud, but sometimes at home I dance <laughs> when I have the opportunity. But it's always kind of you keep it between you and the Lord where... Mm -hmm. In these in these settings as brothers and sisters who love each other who think the best about each other yeah we have to allow each other that space to express ourselves before our dad yes. I mean because we're all these children yeah I think you mentioned in one of those devotional episodes how when a dad comes home the children all respond differently yeah but they all love the dad and the dad loves them back and they are free to be like you just said yes and we need to allow each other to be free to be um, who who we are and how we express ourselves to mm. God and I th I think you you kind of laid it out in terms of how do we become more free mm. uh, and you can you can correct me if I summarize that wrong but I do think it is really just being known and yes. knowing knowing the Lord back and and it's that identity thing the yeah. more I, I'm secure in who my Father is and who I am because of Him I'm free to to be able to be um, uh, what did David say I will become even more undignified yes. Um, and, and so I think that's kind of the key to being more free in, in, in a space of worship. Yeah. Ah. So just in, in ending off, this has been a real full um, episode. It's been really good to, to talk to you about these, these things. Maybe there's two things that I wanted to, to touch on um, and end off with. And if you can maybe kind of wrap them both together. I know they're not similar. Um, but something that you touched on is the sound production. Yes. Um, maybe just if you could, could just say a few words on how important sound production really is is in, in terms of, of worship within the church and, and why we are doing this course and, and why we're actually putting our money into it to say we, we value this because we believe that it's important. And then the second thing is the groundswell. I don't know if it's a movement or if it's just a, a, an event, but maybe just explain the vision behind that because yes. I'm excited about it. I haven't been able to be there, but I'm really excited about the fact that in in a, in our town we are getting churches together to worship in unity yeah. no thank you for the opportunity to speak about both of these i'm very excited um we uh, i think very seldom the sound man is seen mm. um unless he messes up <laughs> isn't true. that true yeah. then, then everybody sort of oh something is irritating yeah. something is not right um but when it's right it just frees things up. Mm. It really does. And not just in terms of the singing, but the speaker. Uh, if the guys in the toddler room can't hear, mm. you sort of go home at the end of the day thinking, why did I come to church? Yeah. I couldn't even hear the message. I couldn't hear the testimonies and take part in the worship. So it's such a big vital part um, of the worship ministry. Mm. And they are part of worship ministry. You know, yeah. um, they an uh, incredible part of the team. So we just realized our own church like many others, need to grow in this area. Mm. We need to first and foremost honor them, what yeah. they do. Yeah. And part of honoring them is to give them the opportunity to grow their skills, mm. to recognize, hey, I play the piano, but I've done it for years and years and years. I've had classes. My parents paid for it. Um, mm. I myself invested so much time into it, and now I do it freely. To ask then, listen, any volunteer who steps up to the sound desk, 
how much are we investing, investing. in them? To say, listen, this is a big instrument. You you make or break this thing. All the instruments, I yeah. can play as much as I want, as good as I can, but if you don't get it together, it's sure. not going to happen. So we have to invest in it. Mm. I think it's part of honoring them to recognize this equipment just becomes more and more tricky, expensive. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. The, the tools are becoming more it and more of a keeps thing. on evolving. Yeah, it's like cars, man. Previously, yeah. I could open up a car and see everything and fix it. Now, it's all digital. Electronics and yes. digital. Yeah. So, that's really the heart of it. And to recognize that um, the excellence around that is something that we all need to honor. Mm. And we as a church need to say, let's put time and energy into it. So, mm. we're getting Jonathan in. And he is incredibly gifted in this area, and he's putting together a very, very good course mm. for them. Um, then the Groundswell movement is actually um, Stefan de Swart, um, Adele, who I spoke about but earlier, the who does the flute um, lessons with us, to her husband. Uh, he's been a worship leader for many, many years, and um, some years back in Powerhouse as well. He's involved with the Dutch Reformed Church now. Mm. He's a massive gifting over there we actually dream in in our church um, as part of our music evaluations okay wow um, because he's that gifted sure you know um, and God laid this vision on his heart to get churches in Malpos and surrounding areas to worship together mm. to demonstrate our unity in the spirit oh. um, uh, we've had three meetings so far it's a monthly meeting and it's normally the last Sunday of the month mm. um, every now and again like now because of the holidays it shifts a bit to just check on our the fellowship communicator mm. um wh when and when it For the how dates. it happens and um it's drawing together five different churches at the moment sure. um, God. from around the area and um the idea is that we uh, he'll say to our church we actually in july we're going to be leading it so our choir is going to be taking part mm -hmm. as well and leading Exciting. the whole town in worship um and then he appoints a leader from a church and we get different musicians from all over the churches to make up a band oh. as a demonstration of unity sure. that we lead worship together. Yeah. And it's an hour and a half of just free worship. So please, it's an Oscop Caravan Park. The next one is going to be the last Sunday night of July. Okay. Um, and it's 6 o'clock to 7.30. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, Garth, thank you so much for, for taking some time out to, to mm -hmm. come and chat to me and yeah, I'm really, I'm really uh, excited for this episode to go out. There's so much good stuff that you shared, and and it really is. It's good to be able to get on board with what's happening and to know what's happening from behind the scenes, from the other side. It's easy to, like you say, listen to worship on a Sunday and think, oh well, that wasn't that good or whatever, and and have a, a the wrong perspective. And and I think I believe that this will just give people a, a new insight into what goes into the teams and and the people behind it. And thank you for sharing your art and always being open and honest and <laughs> and so humble. I really appreciate you and. It's it's a privilege you, for me to, to talk with you. Mm. So yeah, it's been a real privilege to take part. Thanks. Thanks, Garth. And if you if you have been listening, next up we will be switching into a different season and we're going to be talking with some of our congregants and you will be finding out who's who at the fellowship. So I hope you've enjoyed today. Until next time. Bye-bye.